worry about anything but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Thanks for joining us today. This is the Hour of Intercession. I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. We invite you to look with us to begin with in the book, excuse me, the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, beginning at verse 10. A final word, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, Put on every piece of God's armor so you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will still be standing firm. Stand your ground, putting on the belt of truth and the body armor of God's righteousness. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the God, excuse me, put, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. In addition to all these, hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Put on salvation as your helmet and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And pray for me, too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysteries, God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. I'm in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. Verses 10 through 20 of Ephesians chapter 6. Thank you, Father, once again for the opportunity we have of being able to come to you in prayer every single day. And thank you, Lord, for the, the truth in your word in which you, you, you tell us, you command us to pray without ceasing. Lord, how we need your grace, your wisdom, and your strength and help in living out that command. Teach us to live a lifestyle of praying without ceasing. Teach us how to do that. Empower us by your spirit to do it. And guide us so that with every passing day, we'll become more and more fluent in doing just that. Living a lifestyle of praying without ceasing in full obedience to your wisdom and your counsel through that truth and your word. Lord, help us to know, Lord, you called us. You let us know that your house was to be known as the house of prayer. Help us to grasp that and help us to walk that out. Help us to walk out the wisdom behind that. Help us to live in such a way that the church truly is the house of prayer you've called us to be. And help us to recognize that so much grace, so much power, so much wisdom, so much strength flows through the church as we give ourselves to prayer, empower us more and more to be, to be the praying church you've called us to be. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. Again, I'm Pastor Joseph Parker. As always, we appreciate you being a part of our listening family. Our producer is Isaac Jackson, and uh, once again, we want to ask and remind you, we very much desire and need your prayers today and every day. 
uh, we've shared, uh, wanting to share once again about a local event. And again, I want to remind you that though it happens to be a local event, we're inviting people any and everywhere you're listening from to pray for the event. It's a wonderful, uh, fun event, but also a discipleship event as well. It's it's simply called Just Jesus 5K Run Slash Walk. And uh, it's Saturday, September 30th, 2023. The time is, it starts at 7.30 a.m. in Fair Park here in Tupelo, Mississippi. And one of the reasons why, again, we're announcing it, again, if you happen to be in the Tupelo community or somewhere where you want to participate, please come and participate in this great event. I'm especially encouraged to want to share it because it's uh, being spearheaded by a young man named Caleb. I believe Caleb is about 10 or 11 years old, young man with just some some limited um, physical challenges, but he's an outstanding young man that tremendously loves Jesus, very much an evangelism and discipleship-minded young man, and he loves the Lord. He, uh, Caleb Rogers, and his dad and mom do a wonderful job of seeking to minister to their community, and this is an event whereby they're actually raising monies to help buy Bibles that they give away to people in need in the community. So again, the event is called Just Jesus 5K Run, uh, sponsored by the ministry Just Jesus Incorporated. It is a 501c3 ministry. Again, the date Saturday, September 30th, 2023 at 7.30 a.m. If you can't make it to be a part of the event, please pray for the Lord to anoint it and do a great work again to take place at Fair Park here in Tupelo, Mississippi on the 30th of September. Again, thanks for being a part of our listening family. I want to take time now specifically to share one or two articles before we get to reading through the Word of God today. But this first article is entitled, God's Word, Three Chapters a Day. Psalm 118 verse 105 tells us, Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Again, that's Psalm 119 verse 105. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And then Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Again, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Practicing daily spiritual habits are necessary in our daily walk with the Lord. Why is that true? Because followers of Christ are to be passionately faithful to the Lord. In life, we form habits to help us consistently do things that are important to us, habits that help us accomplish the goals we believe are critical to our lives. I pretty regularly encourage believers to set a goal of reading at least three chapters in God's Word every day. This habit is one of the most important habits in life to establish. Why three chapters and why every day? If a believer reads three chapters in the Word of God every day, that can be a basic spiritual meal for them in their walk with the Lord. It might be that you read the same chapter three times over, or you may read three different chapters. Doing either is fruitful and wise. How is this helpful? Well, remember, the Word of God is Jesus, and Jesus is the Word of God. So when you're reading the Word of God, it's it's one, uh, you could call it this, it's one-on-one time talking and spending time with Jesus. It's your daily appointment time with Him. The Lord Jesus will spend as much time with you as you will spend with him in his word. 
It's important for us to read the Word of God every day. Just as our bodies need physical food every day, so too we must feed our spirits daily as well. God's Word is food for our spirits like physical food is food for our physical bodies. Feeding your physical body every day can help you be to be strong, vibrant, and healthy. Feeding your spirit the Word of God daily can help you to be strong, vibrant, and spiritually healthy as well. Now, if a man or woman only ate a small snack once every other day, very soon he or she would grow physically weak. Likewise, when a believer only reads a verse or two from the Word of God every day or every other day, he or she will become spiritually weak. Sadly, it appears that too many believers live on what you, you could call a starvation diet spiritually. It's spiritual neglect. Too many believers may not even pick up a Bible for days. It's for this reason that many believers are spiritually anemic, spiritually weak and frail. My suggestion to you is, today, start the habit of reading at least three chapters in your Bible every single day. It's a way of blessing and rewarding yourself. See Psalm 1, verses 1 to 3, and Genesis chapter 15, verse 1. Why not start rewarding yourself today? Here are 10 great reasons to start reading God's Word every single day. Number one, it tells you genuinely how to be saved and how to grow up in your faith. See John 3, 16, Psalm 119, verse 105, Romans 12, 1 and 2, and Philippians 4, 6 and 7. Number two, it gives you clear guidance and direction for much of your life. See Psalm 119, verse 105, and 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 15 through 17. Number three, it empowers your prayer life. See Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Number four, it sharpens your ability to hear the Holy Spirit more clearly. See 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5. Number five, it ministers to your mind, body, and spirit. See Psalm, see Proverbs 4, verses 20 to 22. Number six, it helps you maintain your mental health. Uh, according to the wisdom of the great Dr. Paul Meyer. Number seven, it increases God's anointing on every area of your life. See 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5. And of course, 1 Corinthians 1, 5 was the verse for the number six reason as well. Number eight, reading the Word of God is important daily because it increases your wisdom in every area of life. See Proverbs 1 to 3. Number nine, it enhances your intellect and your personality. Reading the Word daily can literally increase your IQ. See 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 5. And then number 10. A tenth reason as to why it's wise to read God's Word every day is because it pours grace, peace, mercy, and joy into your spirit, your mind, and your life. Again, and scriptures to see. See 2 Corinthians 1, 2. 1 Timothy 1, 2. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Reading three chapters a day from the Word of God will bless you tremendously on a consistent basis. Let's make it a high priority. As parents, we're wise to have our children to read three chapters out loud to us every day. Also, it will greatly bless, it will greatly bless them, you, and your home. Again, the title of this article is God's Word, Three Chapters a Day. And if you'd like to get a copy, simply email us at joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net, and we will uh, be glad to forward it to you. And remember, our encouragement to you is that you'll take time to use it as a discipleship tool in your own life, but also 
The goal is that you use it as a discipleship tool as you disciple your family, but also on a regular basis, we're encouraging you to forward it to fellow church members, uh, people you work with, uh, extended family members, individuals who both are saved and those who aren't saved as well, because there's seeds in the lives of any person to either help them come to come to know Christ or to help them to grow up in Christ as well. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity, the privilege that we have of the wonderful gift and opportunity to open your word and spend time with you one-on-one every single day. Lord, more and more, help us to recognize that your word is a wonderful gift. It's a, it's a, it's the source of all blessing, all good, all grace, all strength, all encouragement. And help us to recognize, too, Lord, that your word is the most powerful weapon in the universe. Help us to be wise enough to equip, equip our minds, bodies, and spirits with the word of God, the sword of the spirit. And help us to be wise enough to fill our hearts and our minds with your word. And help us also, Lord, to be wise enough to make time to help our children to read the word out loud to us and thus be better equipped warriors as young people as well. Help us to be mindful, Lord, that we need to be warrior-minded as believers and we need to help equip our children to be warrior-minded in view of the fact that we step out on a fierce battlefield every day of our lives, like it or not. And help us to know that the most advantageous position we can be in is to be kingdom warriors who know how to use the sword of the Spirit everywhere we go. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit and your word, which equip us to be the well-equipped warriors you're calling us to be. What a privilege it is for us to spend time with you every day. And help us to be mindful, Lord, that you will spend as much time with us as we will spend with you in your word each and every day. Thank you for the gift, the opportunity for us to be in your word each and every day. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Once again, the title of the article, God's Word, three chapters a day. If you'd like to get a copy, simply email us again, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We'll be glad to get it to you. We'll be right back with Reading Through the Word of God. Heavenly sound 
Jesus echoed from the towers of cathedrals to the faithful gathered underground. Of all the songs sung from the dawn of creation, some were meant to persist. Of all the bells rung from a thousand steeples, none rings truer than this. From the Newsboys with He Reigns. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We pick up now reading through the Word of God here in the book of 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. There was a man named Elkanah who lived in Ramah in the region of Zuf in the hill country of Ephraim. He was the son of Jeroham, son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuf, and Ephraim of Ephraim. Elkanah had two wives, Hannah and Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah did not. Each year, Elkanah would travel to Shiloh to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of Heaven's armies at the tabernacle. The priests of the Lord at that time were the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas. On the days Elkanah presented his sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to Penina and each of her children. And though he loved Hannah, he would give her only one choice portion because the Lord had given her no children. So Penina would taunt Hannah and make fun of her because the Lord had kept her from having children. Year after year, it was the same. Penina would taunt Hannah as they went to the tabernacle. Each time, Hannah would be reduced to tears and would not even eat. Why are you crying, Hannah? Elkanah would ask. Why aren't you eating? Why be downhearted just because you have no children? You have me. Isn't that better than having ten sons? After, once after a sacrificial meal at Shiloh, Hannah got up and went to pray. Eli the priest was sitting at his customary place beside the entrance of the tabernacle. Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And she made this vow, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. As she was praying to the Lord, Eli watched her. Seeing her lips moving, but hearing no sound, she thought she had been drinking. He thought she had been drinking. Must you come here drunk, he demanded. Throw away your wine. Oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger. 
but I am very discouraged, and I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman, for I've been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. The entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. Then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea, and in due time she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. The next year, Elkanah and his family went on their annual trip to offer a sacrifice to the Lord and to keep his vow. But Hannah did not go. She told her husband, Wait until the boy is weaned. Then I will take him to the tabernacle and leave him there with the Lord permanently. Whatever you think is best, Elkanah agreed. Stay here for now, and may the Lord help you keep your promise. So she stayed home and nursed the boy until he was weaned. When the child was weaned, Hannah took him to the tabernacle in Shiloh. They brought along a three-year-old bull for the sacrifice and a basket of flour and some wine. After sacrificing the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. Sir, do you remember me? Hannah asked. I'm the very woman who stood here several years ago praying to the Lord. I asked the Lord to give me this boy and he has granted my request. Now I, am giving, now I am giving him to the Lord, and he will belong to the Lord his whole life. And they worshiped the Lord there. 1 Samuel chapter 2. Then Hannah prayed, My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Stop acting so proud and haughty. Don't speak with such arrogance. For the Lord is a God who knows what you have done. He will judge your actions. The bowl of the mighty is now broken, and those who stumbled are now strong. Those who were well, those who were well fed are now starving, and those who were starving are now full. The childless woman now has seven children, and the woman with many children wastes away. The Lord gives both death and life. He brings some down to the grave, but raises others up. The Lord makes some poor and others rich. He brings some down and lifts others up. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among princes, placing them in seats of honor. For all the earth is the Lord's, and he has set the world in order. He will protect his faithful ones, but the wicked will disappear in darkness. No one will succeed by strength alone. Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. 
He thunders against them from heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his anointed one. Then Elkanah returned home to Ramah without Samuel, and the boy served the Lord by assisting Eli the priest. Now the sons of Eli were scoundrels who had no respect for the Lord or for their duties as priests. Whenever anyone offered a sacrifice, Eli's sons would send over a servant with a three-pronged fork. While the meat of the sacrificed animal was still boiling, the servant would stick the fork into the pot and demand that whatever it and demand that whatever it brought up be given to Eli's sons. All the Israelites who came to worship at Shiloh were treated this way. Sometimes the servant would come even before the animal's fat had been burned on the altar. He would demand raw meat before it had been boiled so that it could be used for roasting. The man offered the sacrifice. The man offering the sacrifice might reply, Take as much as you want, but the fat must be burned first. Then the servant would demand, No, give it to me now or I'll take it by force. So the sin of these young men was very serious in the Lord's sight, for they treated the Lord's offerings with contempt. But Samuel, though, but Samuel, though he was only a boy, served the Lord. He wore a linen garment like that of a priest. Each year his mother made a small coat for him and brought it to him when she came with her husband for the sacrifice. Before they returned home, Eli would bless Elkanah and his wife and say, May the Lord give you other children to take the place of this one she gave to the Lord. And the Lord blessed Hannah, and she conceived and gave birth to three sons and two daughters. Meanwhile, Samuel grew up in the presence of the Lord. Now Eli was very old, but he was aware of what his sons were doing to the people of Israel. He knew, for instance, that his sons were seducing the young women who assisted at the entrance of the tabernacle. Eli said to them, I have been hearing reports from all the people about the wicked things you are doing. Why do you keep sinning? You must stop, my sons. The reports I hear among the Lord's people are not good. If someone sins against another person, God can mediate for the guilty party. But if someone sins against the Lord, who can intercede? But Eli's sons wouldn't listen to their father, for the Lord was already planning to put them to death. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel grew taller and grew in favor with the Lord and with the people. One day, a man of God came to Eli and gave him this message from the Lord. I revealed myself to your ancestors when they were Pharaoh's slaves in Egypt. I chose your ancestor Aaron from among all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer sacrifices on my altar, to burn incense, and to wear the priestly vest as he served me. And I assigned the sacrificial offerings to you priests, 
So why do you scorn my sacrifices and offerings? Why do you give your sons more honor than you give me? For, for you and they have become fat from the best offerings of my people Israel. Therefore, the Lord, the God of Israel says, I promise that your branch of the tribe of Levi would always be my priests. But I will honor those who honor me, and I will despise those who think lightly of me. The time is coming when I will put an end to your family, so it will no longer serve as my priests. All the members of your family will die before their time. None will reach old age. You will watch with envy as I pour my you will watch with envy as I pour out prosperity on the people of Israel. But no members of your family will ever live out their days. The few not cut off from serving at my altar will survive, but only so their eyes can go blind and their ears break, and their children will die violent death. And to prove that what I have said will come true, I will cause your two sons, Hopni and Phineas, to die on the same day. Then I will raise up a faithful priest who will serve me and do what I desire. I will establish his family, and they will be priests to my anointed kings forever. Then all of your surviving family will bow before him, begging for money and food. Please, they will say, give us jobs among the priests so we will have enough to eat. 1 Samuel chapter 3 Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel! Yes, Samuel replied. What is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. Verses 1 through 7, 1 Samuel chapter 3. You're listening to the Hour of Intercession as we're reading through the Word of God. We'll be right back. Let your name still 
Music from the group Mosaic with Tremble. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Pick up now reading in the New Testament, the book of Acts, Acts chapter 23, beginning at verse 1. Gazing intently at the high council, Paul began, Brothers, I have always lived before God with a clear conscience. Instantly, Ananias, the high priest, commanded those close to Paul to slap him in the mouth. But Paul said to him, God will slap you, you corrupt hypocrite. What kind of judge are you to break the law yourself by ordering me struck like that? Those standing near Paul said to him, Do you dare to insult God's high priest? I'm sorry, brothers. I didn't realize he was the high priest, Paul replied. For the scripture says, You must not speak evil of any of your rulers. Paul realized that some members of the high council were Sadducees and some were Pharisees. So he shouted, Brothers, I'm a Pharisee, as were my ancestors. I'm on trial because my because my hopes, excuse me, and I am on trial because my hope is in the resurrection of the dead. This divided the council, the Pharisees against the Sadducees. For the Sadducees say, there, are, there is no resurrection or angels or spirits, but the Pharisees believe in all of these. So there was a great uproar. Some of the teachers of the religious, so there was a great uproar. Some of the teachers of the religious law who were Pharisees jumped up and began to argue forcefully. We see nothing wrong with him, they shouted. Perhaps a spirit or an angel spoke to him. As the conflict grew more violent, the commander was afraid they would tear Paul apart. So he ordered his soldiers to go and rescue him by force and take him back to the fortress. That night the Lord appeared to Paul and said, Be encouraged, Paul. Just as you have been a witness to me here in Jerusalem, you must preach the good news in Rome as well. The next morning, a group of Jews got together and bound themselves with an oath not to eat or drink until they had killed Paul. There were more than 40 of them in the conspiracy. They went to the leading priests and elders and told them, We have bound ourselves with an oath to eat nothing until we have killed Paul. So you and the high council should ask the commander to bring Paul back to the council again. Pretend you want to examine his case more fully. We will kill him on the way. But Paul's nephew, his sister's son, heard of their plan and went to the fortress and told Paul, Paul, and told Paul. Paul called for one of the Roman officers and said, Take this young man to the commander. He has something important to tell him. So the officer did explaining, Paul, the prisoner, called me over and asked me to bring this young man to you because he has something to tell you. The commander took his hand, led him aside and asked, what is it you want to tell me? Paul's nephew told him, some Jews are going to ask you to bring Paul before the high council tomorrow, pretending they want to get some more information, but don't do it. 
there are more than 40 men hiding along the way, ready to ambush him. They have vowed not to eat. They have vowed not to eat or drink anything until they have killed him. They are ready now, just waiting for your consent. Don't let anyone know you told me this, the commander warned the young man. Then the commander called two of his officers and ordered, get 200 soldiers ready to leave for Caesarea at nine o'clock tonight. Also take 200 spearmen and 70 mounted troops. Provide horses for Paul to ride and get him safely to Governor Felix. Then he wrote this letter to the governor. From Claudius Lysias to His Excellency Governor Felix. Greetings. This man was seized by some Jews, and they were about to kill him when I arrived with the troops. When I learned that he was a Roman citizen, I removed him to safety. Then I took him to their high council to try to learn the basis of the accusations against him. I soon discovered the charge was something regarding their religious law, certainly nothing worthy of imprisonment or death. But when I was informed of a plot to kill him, I immediately sent him on to you. I have told his accusers to bring their charges before you. So that night, as ordered, the soldiers took Paul as far as Antipatris, as far as Antipatris. They returned to the fortress the next morning while the mounted troops took him on to Caesarea. When they arrived in Caesarea, they presented Paul and the letter to Governor Felix, and he read it and then asked Paul what province he was from. Cilicia, Paul answered. I will hear your case myself when your accusers arrive, the governor told him. Then the governor ordered him kept in the prison at Herod's headquarters. Acts chapter 24. Five days later, Ananias the high priest arrived with some of the Jewish elders and the lawyers, Tertullus, to present their case against Paul to the governor. When Paul was called in, Tertullus presented the charges against Paul in the following address to the governor. You have provided a long period of peace for us, Jews, and with foresight have enacted reforms for us. For all of this, Your Excellency, we are very grateful to you. But I don't want to bore but I don't want to bore you, so please give me your attention for only a moment. We have found this man to be a troublemaker who is constantly stirring up riots among the Jews all over the world. He is a ringleader of the cult known as the Nazarenes. Furthermore, he was trying to desecrate the temple when we arrested him. You can find out the truth of our accusations by examining him yourself. Then the other Jews chimed in, declaring that everything Tertullus said was true. The governor then motioned for Paul to speak. Paul said, I know, sir, that you have been a judge of Jewish affairs for many years so I gladly present my defense before you. You can quickly discover that I arrived in Jerusalem no more than 12 days ago to worship at the temple. 
My accusers never found me arguing with anyone in the temple, nor stirring up a riot in any synagogue or on the streets of the city. These men cannot prove the things they accuse me of doing. But I admit that I follow the way, which they call a cult. I worship the God of our ancestors, and I firmly believe the Jewish law and everything written in the prophets. I have the same hope in God that these men have, that he will raise both the righteous and the unrighteous. Because of this, I always try to maintain a clear conscience before God and all people. After several years away, I returned to Jerusalem with money to aid my people and to offer sacrifices to God. My accusers saw me in the temple as I was completing a purification ceremony. There was no crowd around me and no rioting. But some Jews from the providence of Asia were there, and they ought to be here to bring charges if they have anything against me. Ask these men here what crime the Jewish high council found me guilty of, except the one time I shouted out, I am on trial before you today because I believe in the resurrection of the dead. At that point, Felix, who was quite familiar with the way, adjoined the hearing and said, Wait until Lysias, the garrison commander, arrives. Then I will decide the case. He ordered an officer to keep Paul in custody. He ordered an officer to keep Paul in custody, but to give him some freedom and allow his friends to visit him and take care of his needs. A few days later, Felix came back with his wife, Drusilla, who was Jewish. Sending for Paul, they listened as he told them about faith in Christ Jesus. As he reasoned with them about righteousness and self-control and the coming day of judgment, Felix became frightened. Go away for now, he replied. When it is more convenient, I'll call you again. He also hoped that Paul would bribe him, so he sent for him quite often and talked with him. After two years went by in this way, Felix was succeeded by Portius Festus. And because Felix wanted to gain favor with the Jewish people, he left Paul in prison. End of Acts chapter 24. Well, as we usually do before we end the broadcast, if you are listening today and you've never made the eternally important decision of inviting the Lord Jesus Christ to come into your heart to save you and to make you brand new. Today is a great day to make that excellent decision. If you'd like to commit your life to Christ and be saved today, would you simply from your heart pray this prayer with me even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me with an everlasting love. Thank you for loving me so much that you came into the world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for all my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and I've done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, by faith, I repent and I turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things I've done. Lord Jesus, 
come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. In your word you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Lord, today I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to follow you every day. Help me to read the Word of God every day. Help me to seek you in prayer every day. Help me to live a life of obedience to you every day. In Jesus' name, amen. We ask that you would please uh, get in touch with us. If you prayed and committed committed your life to the Lord today, we want to hear from you. My email, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Please email us so we can share with you some literature and resources that will help you to begin, begin to grow up and grow strong and vibrant in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Again, joseph at afr.net. We hope to hear from you. And once again, the article, if you want to get a copy of the article we shared earlier, the title, God's Word, three chapters a day, simply email us, same email, joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. Again, the title, God's Word, three chapters a day. We'll be glad to get it to you. Once again, joseph at afr.net. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.